You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today, we are covering the Bailey School Kids Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots in honor of spooky season has begun. Happy spooky season, everybody. Yeah, happy spooky season. And for those of you not on Patreon, we are both in costume to celebrate. Chelsea is... An ear of corn, is that correct? I was hoping for garlic, but this was as close as I could get. Do you know what I am? An excuse to wear a bandana. <laughs> no, I wanted to come as a vampire hunter, including this cross oh, I see. in theme for the book. But it is giving Mojo Dojo Casa House a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And I finally <laughs> get that reference because I've finally seen Barbie. I know. It would be a Patreon episode if the strike was over, but it's not, so we'll just have to hold on to our thoughts. Yep, indeed. <laughs> For anyone that tuned into our Instagram Live two weeks ago, Donnie really had a revelation mid-recording where he discovered that he, quote-unquote, looks good in a bandana. And I will say that what you're working with today, it is cute compared to the scarf around the head situation that happened on the Instagram live. You're the only one that thought the scarf around the head wasn't cute. I got multiple DMs about how good the scarf around the head was. And you said, quote unquote, I look good. The quote was, I look great. This looks so good. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Uh-huh. It's spooky season already. I'm terrified. <laughs> As you should be. Mm-hmm. So the book, Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots, if you forgot what we were covering, it came out October 1990. A little tidbit about October 1990. Mikhail Gorbachev agreed to end the Cold War and unify Germany. Huh. Great. We're off to a good start. Yeah. Close to You by Maxi Priest was the number one song, and Marked for Death was the number one movie. I've never heard of either of those. Mm-mm. But then I felt like I was brought back to earth because Beverly Hills 90210 premiered this month as mm. well. So like, finally, something I give a fuck about. No <laughs> offense, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> this book obviously is about vampires. I know you didn't watch Buffy, so we don't need to pour garlic salt into my wounds mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Besides Twilight, did vampires cross onto your radar at all? Not really until recently when I've started watching what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, that one. I think I was raised on vampires because Lost Boys was that movie from the 80s about like little teenage boys that I think were all gay, but Mm -hmm. my dad used to watch that all the time. Hmm. (laughs) Red flags. Red fags, maybe. (gasps) (laughs) I'm allowed to say it. (laughs) But because of that, I think I had a love for vampires because I like I'm nostalgic for them. And then Buffy certainly didn't help because she was a pretty blonde girl that was a valley girl that also fought vampires on the side. But I read a tweet by Sonia Marie Says, and then there were like articles about it too, but I couldn't find the tweet or the articles, and I really wanted to come prepared. I spent most of the time preparing for this podcast looking on Twitter and Google for the article and or tweet. Oh, good. That's a good sign for things to come. So buckle up, cuties. Because I really wanted to talk about what the article and tweet said. So we will, but based solely on what I remember about Uh-oh. it in my head. So okay. basically it said, whatever is popular, like between witches, zombies, werewolves, vampires, that is reflective of what like the world is going through. Like when witches became popular with like the craft and charmed that was because all of these women were being targeted in high profile trials like Monica Lewinsky Anita Hill oh. yeah so then these stories and allegories about like feminism yes. and female empowerment and uprising and taking over and yeah. covens oh I, I love, love that. that what does vampires mean so vampires is like a metaphor for colonialism and sexuality that is repressed and all of that mm. and then zombies reflect like fears about infection infectious disease and the fight for survival. So with all of that, I don't know what's next because I feel like women are under attack. There is infectious disease. (laughs) Sexuality is being repressed. Like, are we just going to get finally something with all of those? 
thing. Yeah, or maybe we're already living in a horror movie, so you know we don't. <laughs> That's need... why we get Barbie. Yeah. yeah, we get Barbie because we don't need any metaphors. We're pretty well aware of what's happening. <laughs> we're in Act Two right now as we speak. <laughs> Doctor Bald loves werewolf movies, and I could give two shits about werewolves. I don't know what it is about werewolves, but I will take any other mythical, magical, slightly evil creature over a werewolf. I didn't even look up what werewolves meant because right. I feel like they are always just a supporting character. Like, once you turn into a wolf, there's not much we can do here, plot-wise. Besides play basketball, of course. <laughs> well, of course. Mm-hmm. Famously. Now, I did watch that movie and TV show, but besides that, <laughs> there's no other werewolf things that I have dabbled And in. now that we know that they imprint on babies, I think mm. it's time to cancel the werewolf. <laughs> Lock them up. I agree. Werewolves are symbolic of pedophiles. Well, let's not say that now that I've made the connection to my husband, but... Okay. No, but he doesn't like that werewolf. That's true. He watches scary movies the way that I watch reality TV. Once a year, he picks out a scary movie during spooky season for us to sit down and watch together. Every year, I say, you have been desensitized to horror movies. You need to pick one that you think is like a level three, because that Mm. is going to be a level eight for me. And I can tolerate an eight. Every year, without fail, he picks a movie that is so scary, I end our experience sobbing. (gasps) Malignant, Mm. insidious. Those are just a couple to name a few, which I think is done by the same director. So fuck you, director who did both of those things. So he's currently in the process of picking out this year's torture device so godspeed to me that's nice of you though that you give it a shot because i feel bad that quinn knows not to ask to watch those kind of movies with me i said i would watch malignant why i don't know maybe an actress was in it that i like and i got 15 minutes in and then left the room to go to the bathroom and never returned i sent a picture of me (laughs) to tom and kicks hamlet when i was done watching it it is the ugliest picture i've ever taken in my life i am sobbing my eyes are swollen i have like snot coming out of my nose i was like heaving i was sobbing Mm. because i was so scared and dr bald was like no it's like kind of a comedy like this was kind of a funny one and i'm like you're sick (laughs) i picked out my movie for scary season um and it's not out yet it's called totally killer and it is coming to i don't know amazon prime or whatever and then quinn said like does it have to be a new one because i always will pick whatever has like a high school girl in it that is the newest movie and usually they are forgotten about after you watch it like it's not going to be a classic it's not going to be in the yearly lineup but i still want to give it a shot yeah i mean i have my lineup of spooky movies which are Basically, just go back through our catalog of when we were covering (laughs) movies. It's all of those things. And then, like, you and Tom got me into, like, Scream. I know what you did last summer. Like, all of those, like, 90s horror movies Mm. are right up my alley because they're scary, but they're not going to make me sob. And there's also more going on that makes me engaged and interested besides just, like, shitting my pants for 90 minutes. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you want to shit your pants for 90 minutes, keep listening to this podcast. We're just a natural laxative. (laughs) And if today's episode makes you scream or laugh, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. Thanks in advance. So a little background information on this book. This was the first of the Bailey School Kids series, and that series was more than 80 books long and ran until 2008. Wow. Other book titles include Aliens Don't Wear Braces, Genies Don't Ride Bicycles. We really tackle the gambit here. Yeah, I remember really liking these books, and I'm not going to give a spoiler because I know you like our cuties to be along for the ride, but the ending, I wanted to pull a Pepe and throw this book into the ocean. By the ending? Really? Yeah. You can give a spoiler because I want to talk about it here. Nothing happens. We don't know if she's a vampire. Well, I think because the series was just starting, they wanted to keep you on your toes because then I was reading about the series, and later on, we do find out that these people really are what? we think they are and then there are like 
not wars, but oh. full on like evil versus evil, whatever. And that happens later on down the line. And like Mrs. Jeepers has to help them with her vampire powers, whatever. But I think for the first couple of books, they want us to think like, are these kids crazy or are they onto something? Okay. Well, now knowing the larger context, and maybe I didn't read these books because I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I pulled a Donnie and I was coming up with my own fan theories of what mm. was happening, but I don't want to give a spoiler for that because okay. I do have my own subplot pertaining to this book's villain, Eddie. Oh, I hate him. Hate him. So what character besides Eddie do you identify with? How dare you? (laughs) I feel like I'm dressed like Eddie. This is probably how he dresses. No, Eddie is wearing whatever hand-me-downs his six older brothers gave him. Because let's be real, Eddie is the youngest child of a family with exhausted parents who have just burnt out and don't have time to parent their children anymore. For sure. Do you know where he lives? Does it have to do with a train track? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I don't relate to Eddie. I relate to Melody, who is the mm. person who is often dragged along in Eddie's <laughs> antics. Sometimes she antagonizes him and then somehow ropes herself into it. I'm not the first troublemaker, but I do want to participate in hijinks because I do have FOMO about it. I'm like, oh, you're going to do something that we'll probably get in huge trouble for? Well, I don't want to miss that. I want to see what happens. I'm glad you brought up FOMO. I have a bone to pick. Uh So (laughs) we talk about 17 times a day. I know that you are the person I speak to most. Are you about to have an intervention with me? No. Okay. Uh, Like, one with myself, but with you. Uh Uh-oh. So, I'm the person you speak to most. You're the person I speak to most. Uh Uh-huh. And I also know that you make about 17 memes a day about me. So, like, you are very clear that I'm your friend and that we are friends and how much we mean to each other. However, the other day in your stories, you posted something about a group chat and only tagged Taria, Tom, Kix, and Kendrick. And I had such FOMO. And then I had to say to myself, well, she also posted five just about you earlier today. Relax. But isn't that crazy? (laughs) It's crazy. And you know what is even more disturbing and crazy is Hmm. I posted that, saw that I excluded you and thought to myself, should I redo that story? Because I think it's going to hurt Donnie's feelings. And then I was like, well, that's crazy. And maybe it'll be good for Donnie to not be tagged in the 10th thing today. But I do know that about you, that you feel left out when it comes to things like that. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Unlike Donnie, I do believe in cancellation. So I would like to take this time to listen, learn, reflect, and do better. So I want to issue a public apology to Donnie Hadfield-Smith and say, Donnie, I'm sorry for not including you when I tagged our friends about our group chat. (laughs) Well, thank you. The character I identify as is Liza. She Mm -hmm. is the one, when Mrs. Jeepers has had it and she is just forgetting how to do her job, Liza asks her, is there homework tonight? And that was very much the kind of student I was. Not because I wanted to do homework, but because I wanted to brown nose. Also, Liza is always the one that is spreading rumors about the teachers. She's like, listen, the facts are here. She is a vampire. And she's also the most afraid. So like all those things, gossipy, afraid of everything, and brown noser is me. I'm not going to argue with any of that. Yeah, you're the one that's kind of like stirring shit up behind the scenes being like, guys, listen, let me give you the rundown of the facts. She's a vampire. She's Mm going to kill us all. We need to do something about it. And then we get to class and you're like raising your hand and you're like, they think your teeth are pointy. They have garlic in their backpack. No, that's where you're wrong. You don't do it like that because then those people that you're telling she's a vampire to hear you Mm. throw them under the bus. You just have to play both both sides and let them come to whatever conclusions they're going to come to. And you just sit in the middle like this. Guys, stop. So once again, if there is a Big Brother (laughs) producer listening to I Am The Cute One, exhibit A of why you should cast Donnie. So the third grade at Bailey Elementary was very hard to handle. Most teachers quit and moved far away after trying to teach them. But Mrs. Jeepers was different. No one ever dared make her mad. Because whenever they did, the strangest things would happen. I think this back of the book is a lie. That's not what happens in this book. No, I mean, there are really no strange things that happen. No, not at all. Hmm. 
And that's why you said the end of the book made you mad. The like middle two thirds made me mad. (laughs) They could be because we spent the first half of the week trying to put together an outline with the graphic novel version (laughs) of this book. So Donnie and I both accidentally, at least we did it together. When we're wrong, we're wrong together. But we accidentally bought the graphic novel version of this book. (laughs) And then we had to both get the audio book to last minute listen to it. And so I think that contributed to my overall annoyance. I agree. And as you know, I don't listen to podcasts because I don't like listening to people speak. So an audiobook was tough mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, at least it was like an hour long because again, this yeah. was meant for first graders. And I listened to it at two times speed. So for me, it was only 37 minutes. That long. is bonkers. <laughs> but this is coming from a man who said that when you listen back to our podcast, it's at two times speed. So when you talk to me in real life, I annoy you I with hate how it. slow I talk. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Anyway. Children ain't shit. And the third grade <laughs> class at the Bailey School is no different. Our book begins with Mrs. Dee Dee quitting on the spot because she is sick of being terrorized by these children. And she tells the class, you'll get yours. Someone will make you pay for this. <laughs> That's a little iconic, but what a thing to say to kids. I mean, I understand being pushed to your limit, but certainly if you're threatening a class of third graders, it is time to maybe find a new career outside of teaching. Yeah, I'd say. And maybe she should have done it like a week before if Mm -hmm. you're at your limit where you're actively saying this you've gone too long but I famously have no patience for kids or pets (laughs) so I tell my sister's dog all the time when he tries to jump on me I say I will fuck you clean up you will not breathe another day (laughs) so I do (laughs) I do understand saying this audibly Now, whether she chose to act on it or not is different. Like, I would never hurt this dog, but I do hope that it can hear me and learns. Oh, stay away from him. Anyway, back to Miss Dee Dee. I had a teacher who had a mental breakdown. My chemistry teacher, my sophomore year, he lasted like maybe two months and we were the worst class ever. I don't know. I think he may have had other things going on and we were just the Mm. straw that broke the camel's back. But he came to work one day and then we never saw him again. And then we had a series of long-term subs that entire year where we kept running them out of town. And it started becoming like we were very Eddie adjacent where we were like, okay, like how long is this one going to last? It became like a game for us. And finally we got to spring after we had gotten rid of maybe like five or six long-term subs. And our principal came in and was like, listen, we have this long-term sub that's going to get us through June. If you guys can be good and not terrorize her to leave, you will all get A's for the year. And that Uh is how I got an A in chemistry. Wow. Mm -hmm. That should be a children's book. (laughs) I never terrorized a teacher, so I'm not familiar. I don't have any stories to share. You just terrorize everyone else. (laughs) I like that that's your blind spot. You terrorize literally anybody except for somebody with an education degree. (laughs) When Buzz goes around of a new teacher coming their way, the class immediately starts wondering if it'll be a meaner, more strict teacher, with one of the students wondering if it'll even be Miss Viola Swamp. Chelsea, I talked about it in our boardroom episode. I know you never read Miss Nelson is Missing, but Miss Viola Swamp is the teacher that comes to take her place. And she's like, evil. So I like that this book was like, oh, we just copied the plot. We need to at least acknowledge it. Is it written by the same person? Like, is it part Uh -uh. of the multiverse? No, it's not advertised. No, it's not advertisement. It's truly just like, people are going to say we copied if we don't acknowledge it. We need to be in on the joke. Wow. Yeah. So I liked that. What was your meanest (laughs) teacher? Did you have any mean teachers that you were like terrified of? Straight men teachers that like in hindsight would probably post like hanging blue line flags Mm -hmm. on their walls. And at the time I didn't realize that. But like those kind of teachers were an issue for me. But the one that really stands out just didn't like me. So she didn't like how much I talked. So because of that, I hated her guts. 
Wow. So a nemesis situation. Yeah. In middle school, I didn't have a lot of guy friends, but I had one male best friend. He's straight somehow, but (laughs) we would like giggle and gossip and whatever when we were next to each other. And every day she'd split us up. She let us come to class, sit next to each other, and then made it her mission to split us up in the middle of class. Well, I could think about it in two ways. One is maybe she was giving you the opportunity every day to make a different choice. Or maybe she really liked the power that it gave her to like disrupt the class and embarrass you every single day. I think it's that. And I'll go further. I was a little gay boy that didn't know. So I'm going to put it out on the airwaves that she was homophobic. She was a werewolf. (laughs) Werewolves. Homophobic and pedophiles, famously. No, I had plenty of nemeses in high school. I've talked about my drama teacher who I had Saturday school because I ate a sandwich in her class. It was a whole thing. She was my nemesis. Oh, my physics teacher, nemesis. But the scariest, meanest, strictest teacher I ever had was my teacher in second grade. Mm. And I'm not going to give her real name because I'm still scared of her to this day. If she listens to this podcast, I'm not telling your business. (laughs) I'm changing your last name. So let's say her name was Miss Stone. She was like, looking back, I think my first example of like a man-hating feminist, Mm. there is a part of me that owes a lot to her because certainly she planted the seeds that would one day bloom into just blind feminist rage. But (laughs) she would like shame students if you called her Mrs. Stone, we had to call uh. her Ms. Stone, like with a Z. But I was blackmailed in second grade. By her? No, not by her. But <laughs> the way our classroom was set up, there were two like long lines of desks. And when we would turn in work, it would be like a relay. So like basically it was like a way of her collecting papers in a quick way. And we would race against the other side of the room. Mm. She would give us our list of spelling words and then we got to pick five. So then she would be like, it's the start of the spelling test. And out of a list of 20, you would know your five words and then you Mm. would write that down. So then it was time to wrap up. The guy next to me had only remembered four of his words, but the relay had started and I wanted our line to win. So I still remember to this day, the word was oil. And so I whispered to him, just do oil, O-I-L. And then I took his paper and like we went. But the girl next to me, who ended up being my biggest bully and adversary for Uh. my remaining time at this Catholic school, she heard me and then she said, you know what you just did was cheating. And I felt my blood go cold because like I had not even put it together that like I had cheated on this spelling test. And she was like, you need to bring me candy every single day (gasps) or I'm telling Ms. Stone. And I was like, oh my God, if Ms. Stone finds out that I've cheated, like she's going to put me in the chokey. (laughs) It was like a source of anxiety. I was breaking out in hives. I was having like anxiety attacks. And finally, I told my parents what I had done. I like confessed. Because remember, Catholic school. So like I just also had my first confession. There was a lot of Catholic guilt brewing within. And so they called Ms. at home. Oh, God, I hope she doesn't subscribe to the Patreon. I'm sorry, Ms. Stone. Ms. Uh Stone. But they called her at home on like a Tuesday and was like, listen, Chelsea has something that she needs to tell you. And I confessed. And she was like, thank you for telling me. And Shirley, who I do hope listens to this, she came up to me and was like, where's my candy? And she tattled on me. And Ms. Stone was like, we already took care of it, Shirley. Go have a seat. Wow. And that's the first and last time I allowed myself to be blackmailed. Good. Someone should have blackmailed Shirley for having that name. (laughs) And that's not a fake name. That's her real name. And she surely lived up to it. (laughs) Surely she's a bitch. (laughs) Also, I think I officially am a necrophilia. That's a person that fucks dead people. (laughs) I meant narcissists. I meant narcissists. I thought we were just getting a really chilling confession in honor of spooky season. That's some werewolf behavior right there, Donnie. My My brain is broken. Halfway through your story, I was looking at myself instead of looking at you. And I was like, I really do look good in this outfit. (laughs) And then I said, if only I had water balloon titties, then that is the only thing this outfit is missing. 
I don't know if I look at that outfit and I think, you know what that outfit needs? Water balloon titties. No, not like fake water balloons. Like men that use steroids and work their chest out. So it looks like water balloons. (laughs) I thought you meant like in now and then when they put jello in the (laughs) balloons to make it look realistic. I was like, why would you be adding breasts to this costume? No, I mean, if I had man cleavage right now, Mm. that's the only thing I'm missing. Forget burning bras. This spooky season, I'm going to be burning bandanas. That's going to be my act of feminism. (laughs) Did you see that Hulk Hogan got married recently and wore like a fancy bandana? No. I will be looking it up immediately. He's really committed (laughs) to the bit. Cuties, my favorite time of year is upon us. That's right. It's spooky season. And you know I'm afraid of everything. Ghosts, goblins, ghouls, vampires, witches, werewolves, zombies, home invasion, redheads. (laughs) But the scariest thing of all is not being able to eat. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. You know I'm a basic beep in the fall. All year, really, but especially the fall. So between running to get my pumpkin spice coffee and to pick an apple and to wear an Ugg on a fall <laughs> street... I just don't have time to worry about dinner, honestly. And with Factor, I can choose from more than 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet my meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. And they don't stop at dinner. They have lunch to go, so keep your energy up with it. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. So this October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash cute150 and use code cute150 to get 50% off. That's code cute150 at factormeals.com slash cute150 to get 50% off. Now that's not scary. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases 
While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Back to this book, I guess. The new teacher is not Miss Swamp, though, or any other literary character that this book copied off of, but instead, it's Mrs. Jeepers, a Romanian ginger who smiles too much and wears a brooch that randomly glows throughout the day. And if that's not enough, she lets the class know her family was forced to flee the country and her husband is dead. Fun! My physics teacher in high school was bad about keeping her personal life to herself. So after she went through a breakup with her boyfriend, she came in and cried about it. But not like came to work and tried to work through the day and like took a moment to herself. She sat down and told us their whole relationship. And when it started to go wrong and all this stuff. Oh, that would have been the best day of my life in high school. I loved that. Yeah. Miss Toe. Uh, Miss Toe? <laughs> yeah, that's her name. Miss Toe. And she would always say that, like, toe, like a foot. She also, this has nothing to do with the breakup. This is just Miss Toe at work. One day she told us she was driving by a fence that you could, like, see through the holes of a little bit. And she was looking through the fence. And there was a girl jumping on the trampoline. And then she fell. And her head got stuck in the trampoline. And Miss Toe parked so she could watch how it ended. And then when she was telling us this story, she was crying, laughing. <laughs> Miss Toe was really going through it. She was. One more story about Miss Toe. My best friend since first grade, I had a picture of me and her at a pool party in my locker. <laughs> and my friend was, you know, well equipped for a, <laughs> for a high school girl uh-huh. in the bosom area. She had water balloon titties <laughs> for girls. <laughs> exactly. And mm-hmm. because of this story, I'm sure in other episodes you can just hear my best friend's name. But in this story, I'll call her Roxy. I'm sorry. I'm going to pause you there. That was a George Glass situation. What made you think of Roxy? I have a picture with hearts all over it. So then I thought Roxy Hart, like in Chicago. Okay. I didn't know if you had a pet rock like Rocco and Elmo. So Miss Till walked past my locker and saw Roxy with her yabos out and said, oh, Roxy. Oh, my God, Mrs. Toe. Ms. Toe. She was definitely a pinky toe, because that one's always a little wonky. <laughs> uh-huh. That cheated out a little bit. Miss Toe and Mrs. Jeepers need some boundaries. The thing is, Mrs. Jeepers, like, okay, now we know she is a vampire, but, like, she really exposed that about herself pretty early on because she's giving enough information for them to solve the mystery. Like, there's no need for you to say things like, well, my family had to escape Romania, but I'm not going to tell you the reason. Or, and I know we'll get to it, but when they see her moving in and they're like, oh, Mrs. Jeepers, do you live alone? And she's like, sort of. Just say less. Yeah, you don't have to bring this up at all. Right. There's actually no reason for you to talk about your dead husband. Not one bit. (laughs) <laughs> Not to third graders, certainly. At least we were in 10th grade when Miss Toe was telling us all this. But there was a lot to remember about Miss Toe. I'll tell you more after the Zoom call. That's not even Patreonics. Oh my God. What did Miss Toe do? <laughs> She's not a werewolf, everybody. Everything's fine. Oh, that should be a pseudonym for when we talk about pedophiles now. <laughs> but now I feel weird that Dr. Bald watches those movies. Like, I feel like it can't be a pseudonym. Well,. It's my husband. And I'm going to say, for the record, not a pedophile. Hashtag not all werewolves. (laughs) So after giving the students her social security number and letting them know when she lost her virginity, she informs them of her three class rules. Act nicely to teachers and fellow students. Talk at appropriate times and walk. (laughs) The fact that we as readers were given these class rules, I really thought that they would be like creepy in a little way or like we would throw back to them and see her do like vampire equivalent of these rules but no just 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 class rules yeah she's like number one you have to invite me in the classroom each morning right but no i think it just speaks to how low the bar has been set for the behavior of this third grade classroom. Like Walk. even Eddie later on is like, she didn't even include spitting and biting and farting and punching. And it's like, well, that's just part <laughs> of, I think, being kind to other people. But yeah, I was expecting it to be like 
as the students break each rule, oh. it's like, you know, gremlins, like, oh, well, first you fed them oh. after midnight, then you got them wet. It's like, oh, well, now you've broken all three, so I'm going to have to, like, I don't know, drain your blood and you're going to become my familiar. But instead, it's just like, here are the basic ways to treat other people with respect. We should really write children's books. We're brilliant. So brilliant. Now that I think I would be canceled for, because I think parents would see how I act outside of my children's book career Mm -hmm. and then say like keep him away he's a werewolf but I'm not we would be on the banned (laughs) book list quickly they would be talking about us on Fox News they would be pulling up this clip of you dressed like that and me dressed like a giant corn cob and be like you want these people indoctrinating your children he wants water balloon titties (laughs) we could get fingered at Beetlejuice (laughs) Then they'll like us. With Mrs. Jeeper's first day out of the way, Eddie is ready to begin acting like the redheaded domestic terrorist he is and begins acting up, making goldfish noises, slamming books on the ground, shaking his ass in front of the classroom. <laughs> the next two I put in italics so you truly know how horrified I am, pretending to be blind and pulling his black classmate's hair. Yeah, he is somebody, if we're going to go by the Donnie rules of cancellation, he knows what he's doing is wrong and he does it anyway. He is actively choosing to make these choices and he deserves everything that Twitter has to say about him. But I do have a bit of a hot take. I think that if you as a parent name your child, especially a boy child, with something and then add an E at the end, you're setting yourself up for what you're going to get. Like Donnie. Well, that was going to be my punchline, motherfucker. (laughs) But like Eddie, Stevie, Mikey, Donnie. (laughs) If you're naming them one thing but adding an IE at the end, they're going to be domestic terrorists. And you created this monster. Well... Joke's on you. I spell my name with a Y, which now is a good time to tell any cuties. My Instagram name is my name, D-O-N-N-Y. So if you message me with an I-E, don't. It is so frightening. I think it was on a Patreon episode. I talked about how there are two types of people. Fun fact, there are people that have a running dialogue in their head and there are people who do not hear words in their head. My (laughs) internal monologue, I don't have one. It's just vibes. I'm just going around vibes. I don't hear my voice in my head. I just live my life, you know, live, laugh, love. Uh Until recently when I started hearing your voice in my head where I would put on an outfit to go for a walk and I would hear what you had to say about it. I would be like doing something or saying something and I would hear in my head your response to it and it would make me laugh because I would know what you would say in that situation. It's not okay. I need to talk to somebody about it. But all of this to say, I have been wondering when that rant about the D-O-N-N-I-E was going to happen because I have cackled every time I see a comment, especially a nice comment. That's the thing about our cuties. They're so supportive and uplifting. But every time I see a comment that's like, Donnie is hilarious, D-O-N-N-I-E. I'm like, oh, he is not even taking in that compliment because he is seething. (laughs) So after school, Eddie and Melody spy on Mrs. Jeepers moving into the old creepy house in town. And when she notices them, she invites them into her home for a tour. And again, I have to point out, this is not appropriate behavior for a teacher. And like you said, she is bringing all these things to her. Like they never would have seen the coffin in her house if they weren't in the house to begin with. So when Mrs. Jeepers is late for class because she was up all night, the class puts all of the facts together. Mrs. Jeepers is a vampire. Maybe. Probably. There's just one thing. Vampires don't wear polka dots. (laughs) Now, I need Liza to get her head out of her ass. This is 1990. Anything is possible. A woman can do whatever she wants. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we have the Charmed Sisters banishing goblins and ghouls and looking great while doing it. Lace camis, water balloon titties out, (laughs) (laughs) being thrown into bookshelves in their Sears best. Mm -hmm. The power of three. A cardigan, water balloon titties, and a bob. There are literally (laughs) students praying when Mrs. Jeepers is in the classroom. Eddie, though, continues to be a menace and tells his classmates he's not afraid. And to prove it, he'll break into his teacher's home and go through her belongings. And because of feminism or whatever, Melody invites herself. (laughs) And I don't care if Eddie flat out called me the F-slur. I would not (laughs) be choosing this flex. See, and this is why I am Melody, because... 
she she is the one who's like, I bet you won't do this, Eddie. And then is like, well, I'll do it too. I understand that. But you would go to this creepy house in the middle of the night? Well, I used to... I forgot about this until I read this book and I was reminded. I used to break into this one house all the time <laughs> as an elementary school student. What? When I was in Catholic school, probably honestly, like same time frame as Miss Stone. After school, my friend's mom would watch me because they lived within like walking distance of the school. So she would watch me until my mom got off of work. And I don't know if this is a regional thing or just like an old town type of thing. They were like historic homes that they have two entrances, two doors, but they're like split, like they share a wall. And it's not like, you know, in some cities they'll make apartments out of old homes or anything. It's like literally two houses, but then on the inside, the wall they share, there are various points where you can go to the other house. (laughs) Theoretically, you could like, you know, deadbolt it and then you couldn't get through. But one of the doors was in my friend's bedroom (laughs) to get to the other side. So we used to go up to her bedroom and then we (laughs) we would go through, like it looks like a closet door, but you would open it and instead of going to Narnia, it was just, you know, Miss Betsy next door. And we would go downstairs into Miss Betsy's downstairs refrigerator because she always had soda. (laughs) It was like our after school snack. I think I knew deep down, like, it's not polite to break into a neighbor's house <laughs> daily to steal their beverages and refreshments. She would be like, okay, we have to be quiet because she's in the house. Uh, like she, she was, was home. home. Yeah, it was the middle uh, of the day. It was after school. It was like 345. Oh my God. Yeah. That gives me anxiety. I'm just imagining you tiptoeing down those stairs and then boom, Miss Betsy. So that night, Eddie is 10 minutes late to meet Melody. And I would not have waited. Mm -mm. 10 minutes for like a movie or 10 minutes to meet a friend for a drink. That's one thing. But 10 minutes to possibly be killed by your third grade teacher (laughs) in her basement. No, that's when you, and I know this took place in 1990, but that's when you snap a selfie, give a timestamp of you in front of Miss Jeeper's home. And then the next day when everybody's like, well, did you guys do it? You say... I was there, I was ready, but Eddie chickened out. And even if he says, like, I came, I was just late, you have the power because you have the proof. That's true. So they break in and discover the coffin is locked from the inside. And something or someone is also inside the coffin. Eddie still isn't scared and continues to act like a little shit. But when he blows a bubble with his gum, Mrs. Jeepers rubs her brooch and his bubble gum pops. Now... I only watched Buffy and Twilight, so maybe it's mentioned in, like, Dracula or something else that I didn't watch Interview with the Vampire. But is making bubblegum pop a power that vampires have? I think that they played it pretty fast and loose with vampire (laughs) rules in this book. Case in point, number one, is I'm pretty certain that the school doesn't take place in the dark. I think she probably Mm. walks into the school under sunlight. But they didn't even really try to bring in any of the vampire elements. Like, did we even get a mention of, like, her teeth? No, no teeth. No mention of, like, wow, her coffee is red. That's so weird. She always drinks this red drink. Yeah, or, like, meatloaf sandwiches that were, like, raw. raw. Yeah. And vampires are sexy, too. And I don't know if she's particularly sexy. Mm -hmm. In my reboot, she is. Don't worry about that. Water balloon titties for days. (laughs) So for the second half of the day, they do math relay races. And I'm not going to lie, this does sound fun. Then leave it to Eddie to change my mind quickly once more because he begins acting up for the eighth time this book. But this time, Mrs. Jeepers rubs that necklace and hypnotizes him so he'll sit down and shut up with a warning that says, this is quite enough. I don't hate it. No. I would have done much worse. Well, this is kind of reminiscent, I don't want to tell on myself, of my parenting style. Because, (laughs) yes, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that my girls are in control. The inmates have officially (laughs) taken over the asylum. But one thing I don't talk about is I do, when I want to, run a pretty tight ship. And I don't really raise my voice. I'm not a yeller. But what I will do is I will get really quiet and I will say things because, you know, gentle parenting. So I'm supposed to be like modeling Mm. regulation. 
and all of those things. I say things like, I am very upset right now, so I'm going to go to my room and calm my body down, and then we need to have a discussion. Mm. And then what I like to do, and this is a flair for the dramatics, I like to get into my bed, and then I like to call them in like I am the evil stepmother of Cinderella. <laughs> you know when she opens the uh-huh. door, so I'm sitting there like petting my dog, and I'm like, come in. And then we have a conversation about the poor choices they've been making. Just like the girls of Pretty Little Liars, all of the adults in town are flops. And Howie and Melody feel like they can't turn to the police, school administration, or their parents about Mrs. Jeepers. So they two third graders, Mm -hmm. need to take matters into their own hands. Howie gets Vampires and Witches, the true story, from the library and learns to protect themselves. They need a cross and garlic. Howie doesn't have actual garlic, so he brings garlic salt instead and is sporting a gold cross necklace fresh from his dad, the situation. (laughs) I would be able to come prepared because I love garlic and I love gaudy jewelry. Mm -hmm. And I always think about the fact that it's good that I'm not straight because all of the straight men whose fashion I idolize I always get DMs about how ugly the outfits are don't you think that you could wear those outfits as a gay man and maybe they would be better received not necessarily because I think they match with the attitude like if I dressed like I was on Jersey Shore it would look like I was in a costume right okay similar to the bandana look you're sporting today well I saw flaunched as a Halloween costume to see if I liked it and because the answer is a resounding yes I do think bandanas or hats of some kind will be my thing. Okay, I'm not mad at it. I am mad to know that when I'm talking, you're never going to look at me again because you will be looking at yourself. For those not on the Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one. The energy he's exuding on the video footage is like him staring at himself and flexing and giving little like... Literally, Chelsea, my arm has been on the back of this chair the whole recording just so I can see the way my arm looks coming out of this vest. I never sit like that. (laughs) Eddie arrives with 20 paper airplanes in tow, but the class throws that shit out with a quickness. They are not here for his nonsense, but Eddie continues to make a mess and cause the scene. And Mrs. Jeepers doesn't really care because she cannot stop sneezing from the garlic. So Liza offers to get the janitor, but Melody pinches her and tells her to keep her (laughs) mouth shut because they have a teacher to kill. Honestly, diabolical. I was afraid of what else would come out of Howie's book bag. I thought a wooden stake was in our future. I can't remember if we talked about this already or if I just talk about it so much that I've (laughs) talked about it with somebody just recently. Did you ever play Jumpstart 4th Grade? those computer games uh-uh. growing up. Oh my God, they were so much fun. They had one for each grade level. But Jumpstart fourth grade, it was all spooky. There was a teacher that had turned all of the classmates into different vampires, witches, werewolves, and you had to like one by one get the keys to change them. But I never beat the game because of the fucking geography lesson where you had to oh. sail this little boat around the world and I couldn't remember where any of the countries or states were. So I never got to finish it and And I still, like every couple months, and maybe tonight this will be my hyper focus of the week, but I do go looking for it online because I would love to play that game again. I'm looking at it now. It looks so fun. So fun. Cuties, if you know how people can play video games from the 90s and early 2000s, now in the year 2023 please let us know because there are like four computer games i want to play so bad and i find the websites to download them and then can't figure out how to play once i download it so they do have the oregon trail i never really cared about that i would just name somebody chelsea so that she gets dysentery and then i'd be done playing (laughs) mission accomplished so the janitor comes during recess and mrs jeepers is instantly healed eddie throws spitballs which I have always been disgusted by spitballs. You can do a lot of things. Pee on me is one of them. But spitballs is where I draw the line. This is where we get into my theory about Eddie. Now, throwing out the fact that now we know that she is actually a vampire, etc. I think that Eddie needs to be screened and do some academic testing because I think he has a learning disability. Throughout the book, the times that he acts up are when she's teaching math, when it's math relays, when it's a reading lesson, and he's very intentional about it. Like he is purposely getting mad that he is not sidetracking her and getting all of the class riled up and all of the attention on him, which is like a coping strategy for kids who have flown under the radar of like, well, if I'm the class clown or if I make trouble, then I don't have to show that I don't understand the lesson. And so then I was thinking like, okay, well, 
and you'll get to it. But when she takes him out in the hall, maybe what she was saying to him was like, listen, I know you're really struggling. So what if I do some tutoring after school? Just please try your best and like, we'll get through this together. Wow. Put on the full house background music. Uh-huh. It could be a real like after school special. Yeah. And because he's embarrassed, that's why he comes back and he's like, she's definitely a vampire. Right. Let's kill her. He would rather let everybody think their teacher's a monster than let them know right. he can't read. I think you're onto something. Now, I don't know if the writers know this about their book, but <laughs> I do think we, you, I guess, I'm taking credit. Uh-huh. I do think you are correct. So, like Chelsea spoiled, Mrs. Jeepers takes Eddie in the hall. He comes back terrified, and he won't tell his classmates what happened, but he does say, you're right, she's no ordinary teacher. And for the rest of the year, he's behaved, and Mrs. Jeepers' brooch never glows again. I guess vampires do wear polka dots. So final (laughs) thoughts. If we were to cast this book like a movie, who would you cast? I only cast the teacher, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Jeepers, and that is Jessica Chastain. I think she would be great. And she is a ginger. She's not Romanian, but she can do accent work. I'm Mm -hmm. not offended. (laughs) Okay. I cast Eddie and Mrs. Jeepers. So I think, again, and we're pulling from multiple Mm -hmm. eras in time, but Macaulay Culkin as Eddie from like Home Alone era, very yeah. much that. Well, I didn't think you meant now. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and then as Mrs. Jeepers, Kate McKinnon. Oh, okay. She could make it funny. It could be kind of more of a tongue-in-cheek comedy. You're really playing around with that bandana, huh? Trying to figure out the best spot. <laughs> okay. Final, final thoughts. What about this book aged well and what aged like borders? So I said, in terms of what aged well, I think the lesson about touching other people's hair, especially people of color. That was a nice little (laughs) shock for me. I didn't expect to find that in this book. So that for sure. And then like borders. Towards the end, Eddie said, I think to Howie, he was like, don't be such a sissy. And that is just very like F word Uh coded to me. I don't know if that's how they meant it in the 90s, but it scared me. (laughs) Certainly in the 90s. That's how they meant it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that what aged like borders for me was When she introduced herself and told her backstory about being an immigrant from Romania, a lot of the children immediately were like wary of like a foreigner coming Mm. in. There was a lot of like coded language in that way too of like, well, she's different and we don't like it. And then in terms of what ages well, a lot of Miss Jeeper's classroom management tactics, like she could thrive on like parenting TikTok these days. Like she is setting boundaries. She is staying firm. She's not raising her voice or being, you know, aggressive. She's modeling how to remain calm and in control. But like she's got those students in shape. Very true. And you know what? She didn't even have to make those expectations any of the rules. She just tell them to walk and they pick up trash. Yeah. They're like, I will walk to the trash can to throw away my scraps. <laughs> All right. And on that note, that has been Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots. I wanted to call it something different every time I said the <laughs> name of the title. My teacher's a vampire. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.